following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Unabridged There are certain words to master Using a sentence defined What's a synonym Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show How about disaster Michael Franks who is someone I used to listen to a lot back in the early 80s. When you were not born yet. <laughs> Mike Johnson and Philip Sexton with me today. Good morning. 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 <laughs> um, I want to read from the book of John briefly. Chapter 15. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That's the words of Jesus to his disciples. Talking about him being the vine and uh, uh, disciples are the branches. And that's something that we should always remember. We cannot do anything good on our own unless God informs us and uh, is is behind what we're doing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, an announcement that the uh, president came out with uh, the day before yesterday. Uh, it was either yesterday or the uh, it was Thursday. Thursday, yeah. where he decided that he wanted to apply uh, steel and aluminum tariffs. Now, tariff is is a tax essentially, so he was going to add that to the price of any steel or aluminum imports coming into our country, regardless of the destination. Now, we all know that this is aimed at China because he's been upset that China has been uh, running um, a current account uh, surplus versus the U.S. for years. And the idea is to try to reverse it. But it's going to have negative impacts not only on uh, companies in the U.S. that use those goods, but it'll also have a negative impact on uh, allies of ours that sell us 
these products. Before the election, I was very vocal in favor of, of Trump, and uh, I still am a supporter of his. But I believe that it's okay every now and then to break from uh, what somebody is doing. I'm not completely in love with his style of doing things over Twitter uh, the way he does that. I don't even really know how to use Twitter very well. Um, I could do it, but it would take some doing. Um, but the the point of the matter is uh, this seems to be very disingenuous um, and it could have negative effects on a lot of people that it shouldn't that that shouldn't have to suffer from it. Right. It, it uh, like you said, it was targeted at um, China, but one of the the biggest uh, that's going to be heard is going to be Canada, um, and because uh, most of the imports uh, come from Canada, uh, or a bulk of them. And uh, it, the the fear. So when when the announcement came, so if you look at the market for the week, uh, the market was down about three and a half percent for the week. Um, it started. Uh, Powell gave testimony on Wednesday. You're in, talking about the S and P or the, uh, the uh, th- that's the Dow. The Dow. Um, so the uh, 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 Powell gave testimony on Wednesday. That spooked the markets because um, they started pricing. I'll be in the new Fed chairman. Fed chairman um, priced in that uh, there could be four interest rate hikes for the year. So the market uh, pulled back on Wednesday, and then on Thursday is when this announcement of the tariffs came, and uh, you saw a sharp sell-off on Thursday. And yesterday uh, there was a sell-off, but then it recovered towards the end of the day. Um, but you, you look at, um, the effect that this could potentially have on global growth, that's one of the concerns, um, because there could be retaliation from some of these countries. Okay. You're going to slap a tariff on us on this. We're going to slap a tariff on some of your products, maybe agriculture or something like that. Typically agriculture is one of the first that well, they it. said Harleys and bourbon. Uh, yeah. The EU said that. Okay. Okay. Um, but you start seeing uh, global growth slow down because when you have protectionism, it, it shrinks markets. Absolutely. Um, so the, the market sold off sharply. Uh, now, it doesn't go into effect until next week. Maybe he will, because uh, supposedly they're going to be talking about uh, products that could be exempt from this. Um, so maybe they'll lump in a bunch of exemptions. Well, it doesn't. He came out with this pronouncement, but the details of it aren't. Yeah, no details. No details on it at all. Um, but it, it just it, it blows my mind um, because all the pro-growth uh, things that have been enacted, and then this just seems so uh, polar opposite of those. Um, but Barclays came out with some numbers, and uh, they estimate that the tariff will add uh, one basis point, point one. Uh, percentage or excuse me uh, 10 basis points 0.1 percentage point to inflation and only subtract 0.1 to 0.2 percentage points from economic growth for the year so the market's not worried just about the tariff itself that's that's minimal 
but it's the repercussions that other countries could impose on U.S. exports. Yeah. And it does seem like it's he's playing to uh, this idea that we're getting screwed. Mm-hmm. That, that's what he thinks is yeah. that the U.S. is always getting taken advantage of. So it's a kind of a populist type of idea, uh, but it's it's backwards. Yeah, it is. Um, and and you, you look at the, the, the sectors that sold off. You, know, you had car companies. Um, you had heavy equipment makers. A- any company that uses aluminum and steel, uh, those sold off on Thursday. But then you had the domestic producers that went up on Thursday. But then Friday, you saw that kind of reverse. Right. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what actually, you know, when the details come out, what it'll be. Uh, then you'll see the market have a little more certainty around it. Right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. February. What a football game. The stock market. Volatility. Budget agreement. Rob Porter. DACA. Best and final offer. I'm Mitt Romney. Russia. Indictment. Auckland, Florida. Never again. March happens here. God loves you. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Market volatility. It seems like it's definitely with us these days. During times like this, it pays to know what your investment plan is. At Dupree Financial Group, we help retirement investors build dividend-producing portfolios from securities that pay dividends. If that's your plan as a retirement investor, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 or look at our website at DupreeFinancial.com and check us out on Facebook. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings from 8 to 9 right here on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. All right, we're back on the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Dividends climb amid rising competition from bonds. Philip, this is an article that you wanted to throw out there. Um, in, I'm not sure the reason that dividends are climbing is because of the fact that bonds are maybe going to go up in in interest, oh. but they are climbing to some extent. I would say that's more a factor of earnings growth. Well, and the, and the article touches on it. It's a two point. It's a two point thing. You've seen the you know where the ten year treasury uh, it actually earlier uh, was above two point nine percent. It's it's down to what about two point eight three something like that now. Um, On the ten year tr- U.S. Treasury. Yeah, but you've seen uh, a lot of companies. Uh, you know, Consumer Staples was one uh, a group of companies that you've seen pull back in price because of 
increased competition from bonds. Uh, you've seen, on the other hand, too, and in the article it says um, uh, companies also have been spurred to put hundreds of billions of dollars to work since the tax overhaul overhaul law was enacted last year. February is typically the busiest month for dividends as companies roll out their annual results and reward shareholders. Uh, historically, more than half of the companies in the S&P 500 increase their dividends each year. And in recent years, 60% or more have boosted their payouts. Um, it also says eight of the 11 major S&P sectors are generating a higher dividend yield than last year. Um, so you are seeing increased profitability, but on the flip side, you're you're seeing increased competition from bonds. So you've seen a money flow uh, away from these sectors. So sectors like utilities, uh, consumer staples, it goes on a touch. It says, uh, <laughs> interesting, interesting tidbit, the yield on a two-year U.S. Treasury note surpassed the uh, income investors could earn from dividends on the S&P 500 in December. Right. Uh, first, since the throes of the financial crisis in 2008, spread between the two has continued to widen this year with two-year bond, uh, with the two-year bond touching a high of 2.27 in February, nearly half a percentage point greater than the S&P 500. Yeah, in the 10 years at about a 2.83, uh, the 30 years over 3% now. Yeah. Uh, then it also goes on to say utilities and real estate companies in the S&P 500 tend to pay bigger dividends relative to their share price uh, than most other sectors and continue to offer better yields than short-term bonds as well as a 10-year treasury note. Uh, still, utilities and real estate stocks have been struggling since November as bond yields ticked higher and the stock market pullback has exacerbated their lackluster performance, uh, putting utility and real estate stocks among the S&P 500's worst performers of the year. <clears throat> About $2.1 billion has flowed out of uh, dividend-heavy ETFs over the five weeks ended February 14th. Um, yeah, so, so you, what you're saying there is that despite the fact that these things are paying higher uh dividends they've still gotten hit some yeah and then and you know what i'm saying is is when you see an article like that that's you know for certain certain sectors uh my my focus mainly would be more on uh maybe a real estate company uh, not necessarily a utility company uh because a real estate company has the ability to uh increase their revenues over time hopefully if it's a like a a real estate company that leases out uh, a portfolio maybe they have uh contracts where their their rents go up over time or something of that nature so that dividend still has uh the ability to at least keep up with inflation or outpace inflation you know so when you when you're looking at that well now you've got something on sale potentially uh you know that that that's something to look at uh you you're talking about consumer staples and that's that's an area that uh we've you know looked at and the 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 multiples that those were trading at from a historical perspective were really high and and that's because what you were saying uh was money was flowing into those as kind of an alternative to bonds for income 
and now you're seeing that reverse and you're seeing the valuations, the multiples get more towards they're still higher than historical averages, but they're they're getting closer to it. Yeah, and and the other the other piece of that pie too is when you're when you're looking at a you know, how your income is produced as a as an investor, you know, as someone in retirement that needs that yield, you start to look at things <clears throat> you could roll into you could roll into a 10-year treasury right now at 2.8% and say, okay, you know. But the problem is, is over 10 years, if inflation starts to pick up, that's going to erode your your income-producing potential because right. you're locked in at that rate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing about a company that's paying dividends. Hopefully, if inflation is going up, that means they're able to raise their earnings and raise their dividends. Yeah, only if they're able to increase their earnings, and and it's not a given. It's not a given. I said, you know, if they're able to do that, you know, that that's that's the difference between a bond and a stock potentially. Yeah, it's a good point. But it was what more than more than twenty percent of the S and P five hundred raised their dividends so far for the year as a. Uh, so yeah, more than a fifth of the company's S&P's boosted their dividends to shareholders so far this year. So you are seeing, uh, looking at the earnings of a lot of these companies, you're seeing the earnings go up and their dividends increasing. Um, and you're talking about real estate. You know, if you look at um, like an apartment complex, for example, there, that's the quickest uh, from a real estate perspective. They can raise rents quicker than some other REITs. So so some of these companies have the ability to raise their rents, their lease rates, quicker than other types. Right. Um, and so, and especially with, uh, you know, some of these uh, uh, companies that are able to pass on higher costs to consumers. Now the, the quandary that any fixed income or dividend investor is in in a rising rate environment is how do I get my um, how do I get my payout on my uh, securities portfolio to go higher and there is no um, there's there's no quick answer to that although you know what what he's saying is that there may be some companies that are able to raise their dividends faster mm-hmm. than others there's another article here. Um, so we've seen this market bounce around quite a bit. And uh, people uh, have bought stocks on margin. And you've seen a good bit of that. Uh, and it's, it's an article in the Wall Street Journal. Investors' zeal to buy stocks with debt leaves markets vulnerable. We completely believe at, at our company the pre-financial group that we are <clears throat> we're against the idea of buying things on margin right it's not a good idea right it, it it the the idea of margin you borrow money you, or you you're so what you're doing is you're using your investment portfolio as collateral on a loan and you're paying uh, x on that borrowed money well, if the collateral, which are publicly traded securities, 
in the short run go down because of volatility in the market, you can have what's called a margin call where you have to post more collateral uh, because the value of your collateral has gone down. Well, or, or you're forced to liquidate the, the holdings that you have. And that's what you've seen on a lot of this, uh, these, these margin uh, accounts recently is because the value dropped quickly and it could be that they're required to sell uh, at that lower price or they're having to post more collateral. And that exacerbates the downturn too. Even mm-hmm. Warren Buffett in his, this is his most recent letter. Yes. Correct. <clears throat> he talks about how low the Berkshire Hathaway stock could go. Um, and it, it had four major dips in the last 40 years. Uh, two of them, well, three of them actually right at 50% over a two to three year period. <clears throat> and so he says, no matter how good the stock is, uh, you better be careful about buying it with borrowed money. But because then you're making a bet on the short run moves. And and that's that that nobody can know uh, what something's going to do in the short run. Um, you know, I mean, you look at the performance of Berkshire over the long run; it's been phenomenal. Um, but uh, like he says, even with Berkshire, you can have these short-term uh, drops, and that can wipe you out if mm-hmm. you're on margin. That's right. Absolutely, knock you in the cheap seats. It's it's something that you know we 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 try to preach is that if you if you're creating an income stream in your portfolio that that you're living off of and you're not liquidating your portfolio, then you've basically you've put time more on your side. And the whole thing with margin investing or uh, option investing, time is against you at that point. Yeah, that's correct. So any, anyway. Uh, Stay off margin if you can, unless you are absolutely certain you're you're getting ready to do something big, uh, and it's going to work. Other than that, stay away from it. Stay with us. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. Looking for fast, easy, and secure electronic banking? Community Trust has a wide variety of banking services to meet your needs, including internet banking, bill pay, and mobile banking. We now have even more great services like Apple Pay, make payments directly from your smartphone, and People Pay, a fast, easy, secure way to send and receive money from your smartphone. Visit us on the internet to learn more at ctbi.com. That's ctbi.com. Community Trust Bank, building communities built on trust. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash aware to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes tax. Service will include a monthly data allowance depending on the type and speed of service you receive. If you exceed your monthly data plan allowance, you will be automatically charged $10 for each 50 gigabytes of data usage in excess of your data plan, even if less than 50 gigabytes is used. For details about data allowances, go to att.com slash internet dash usage Wi-Fi enabled device required. Other restrictions apply. 
The massive winter storm on the East Coast continuing its one-two punch. Two million customers are without power this morning. The Nor'easter still slamming New England with storm surges and hurricane-force winds. ABC's Gio Benitez is in Boston. People right now are still dealing with massive power outages. So far, more than two million customers are without electricity right now, and that's a major problem. In Situate, Massachusetts, which saw some of the most intense flooding, some of the strongest winds, nearly 100% of the homes and businesses are without power right now. Gio Benitez, ABC News, Boston. White House sources say that the president is having doubts as to whether son-in-law Jared Kushner and senior advisor could be a liability to his administration. The worry comes after a week of stories about the potential conflicts of interest between Kushner's family business and his work at the West Wing. It also follows a chaotic week where the president's communications director, Hope Hicks, announced her resignation. Gun control debate heated up and talks of a trade war swirled. I'm Michelle Franzen, ABC News. Our weekend is off and running. Plenty of sunshine across the area for your Saturday with afternoon temperatures hitting the low 50s. Mid and maybe some upper 50s on your Sunday after we start the day into the 20s. By Monday, here comes a cold front. Clouds will increase, winds are gusting up, and some late-day showers and storms are a possibility. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey. On your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. I'm Steve Drury, senior pastor of the Trinity Hill United Methodist Church, located at the corner of Tate's Creek and Armstrong Mill Roads. Have you ever wanted to attend a church where you thought you were home? A place where you felt you were a part of something? Trinity Hill United Methodist Church is a place where you are a part of something, part of God's family. Join us on Sundays for worship at our traditional service at 8.30 a.m., our contemporary service at 10.30 a.m., our Ghanaian African service at 12 noon, or our Spanish-speaking service at 6 p.m. We offer children and youth ministries grounded in biblical teachings, groups for college-age and young adults, as well as groups for adults of all ages. So please join us at Trinity Hill United Methodist Church, where everyone is a minister. I hope you will come and worship with us this Sunday. I met someone. You hear it a lot from people on Match. Because more people have met their someone on Match than any other dating app. Everyone wants to find that meaningful connection. And Match is not only number one in first, but second dates too. Now here's a free offer for our listeners. Go to match.com slash chat for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search, view photos, and connect. This free offer is found at match.com slash chat. That's match.com slash chat. Match.com slash chat. 630 WLAP. So, in the investment business, and this is what 
business we're in at Dupree Financial Group. Um, you can call us at 233-0400. Um, we've had a, a big kind of sell-off since the beginning of the year, and there have been various sectors, some of which have benefited more than others, um, some of which have, have not done as well. So, you know, I'm looking at this thing in front of me showing which sectors have done well, which haven't done well. Philip, Mike, you guys want to jump in on this? Yeah, so, you know, this is uh, this is from the, the Spider ETF, uh, you know, the, the maker of the Spider ETFs, uh, S&P tracker, basically. Uh, big thing it talks about is, you know, so you've got three, well, You've got a you've got about four sectors here that that have really um, kind of underperformed the market. Uh, consumer staples is one that we touched on. Uh, you know that that shift away from consumer staples they were already expensive. Utility uh, so consumer staple and this is as of uh, what was this Monday I guess the twenty sixth so it's changed probably slightly, uh, but they were down four and a half percent. Utilities is another one that is uh, very interest rate. Uh, the moves with interest rates and it had gotten expensive too. Uh, they were down. That sector was the uh, biggest laggard, down almost seven percent, six point eight five, with real estate right behind it and energy right behind it. Uh, the big kicker though is you've seen so you've seen the S and P five hundred, uh, the tech sector grow to a. Uh, over a fourth of the sector uh, when you look at technology and and consumer discretionary uh, those two sectors uh, consumer discretionary is up 5.84 percent with technology up 6.8 percent uh, another thing to look at is energy because you've had such a it's it's interesting they keep talking about more inflation and yet uh, you're you're certainly not seeing it in ener energy, uh, and that's usually a place where you would begin to see uh, a rise in prices would be um, energy prices because ultimately it's your it's your first input for just about everything. I mean that's right. They you know so I'm not as certain that that we're going to have uh, the kind of inflation they say we might have. If you have energy prices continuing to pull back, that that's that's definitely a, a strong potential. Uh, you know the it the inflation. happening. Well, the the big inflation driver that you're seeing right now in the U.S. is uh, well, you know that the market is concerned about is uh, you've seen uh, unemployment rate in the you know, very low 4% range. Uh, you've seen, you know, continued uh, job ads, so that's continued to tick, uh, tick down. But now you're starting to see uh, wage pressures. Which, which kind of brings me to this article that you had wanted to discuss. Trump's economic gamble might actually make sense. And this is an article, I, I kind of don't agree with this, but it's it's worth discussing it it came out of bloomberg um and you you said that president 
Donald Trump is conducting a risky experiment on the U.S. economy. He's allowing the government to run large budget deficits, some of the largest ever outside worst time of recession, in hopes that this will somehow put growth on a higher trajectory. Irresponsible as that might sound, it actually makes some sense. In the long run, economic growth is a function of two variables, population and productivity. For decades, America had plenty of both. Birth rates were ample, and any additional labor could be attracted from elsewhere. So for the most part, American presidents could focus on improving rather than reviving growth. But since the last recession, the picture has changed. Labor force growth is slowing as baby boomers retire. So Trump is trying to go for uh, 3% inflation over the next, I'm sorry, 3% annual growth over the next decade. You're not going to get it from population. Uh, that leaves productivity, and uh, you've got him cutting taxes. So the whole game plan becomes a bet that big deficits created by the government's tax cuts and spending plans will produce, pro- boost productivity growth. And I think that that sounds just nutty. I, I, I don't get how they think that that is uh, a workable thing. Well, I mean, you know, we 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 could get into to the politics of it all you wanted, but uh, you know, my my whole thought process is is you know, the the capital markets have always been a lot better at spending money than um than the government has per yep. se. Uh but when you you know, when you start to look at things, I think um one big thing that really hasn't hasn't came a hasn't came out enough in the in the in the news media is uh the psychology behind things uh you know it's not necessarily just the tax cut it's not necessarily you know this or that but a big driver of economic growth um and economic production is is the consumer psychology oh because you you can well, you can, i mean you can give all the tax breaks you want, but until you have the consumer out there that says, you know, things are better, and and you know, you've instilled that things are better mentality. Well, the, well, this guy is saying here the idea that by running the economy hot and making labor more expensive, the government can induce businesses to do more investment than they would in a normal economy. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's gonna. Make you know this is a this is kind of a liberal argument. It, yeah, it, it, it's it's obviously. I mean, it, it, it and uh, and Trump. What what it really gets down to is the fact that Trump seems pretty malleable, and he is uh, able to attract kind of interest from uh, both sides of the aisle, and and like he showed on this. Um, thing on guns mm-hmm. over the last um, little bit he, he was willing to jump in and and do uh, make make some of the gun bill uh, taking away the AR-15s and, and that kind of thing uh, the other thing that you're seeing where he would seemingly jump over on the side of the tax and spenders he, he doesn't he's he does not seem like he's a conservative to me no, I would I would agree with that. Um, he and uh, 
I have been particularly upset over the way that they allowed so much money to be borrowed and spent in this last uh, spending bill that went through right. Congress. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not a, a fiscal <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, conservative at all. He doesn't be a fiscal conservative at all. And uh, to me, that's troublesome because, you know, uh, here we're trying to help people be responsible with their money where the government does not seem to be being responsible with theirs. And uh, you, you, you take it down to the household level. <clears throat> if if somebody's uh, spending, you know, is, it outweighs what they're bringing in, what do they do? Typically, they cut their spending. You know, if, if they can't make more money, they'll cut their spending. Uh, the government's the exact opposite of that. They'll, you know, keep on spending, maybe spend more, and, and figure out how to tax it. Um, yeah. And so that's that that's the difference. You know, people don't operate that way. Um, and, you know, when we're dealing with clients, we're dealing with real world, you know, this is, this is how things really work in the world. Um, versus, you know, a government which is kind of in, you know, la-la land. Yeah, it, it seems to be, and run, being run by Twitter. So one of the <laughs> things that we were talking about a little bit earlier was how we go through some of our earnings. Um, we, we, we like to look at companies and, and break them down uh, on a regular basis. And... Um, one of the things that we we do is that we we look at uh, the business itself and how it's functioning and um, what its chances are perhaps going forward how what kind of earnings it, it is reported because all of this has to be real time kind of stuff and uh, I I thought we would perhaps go through a couple of those while we're just sitting here. So people could get a little insight into yeah. what we do. Uh, I do think we need to take a break. And uh, let's do that. And we'll be back in just a second. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Alexa, play WLAP on the iHeartRadio app. You can do that on any smart speaker. Try it. If your smart speaker can hear you, you can hear us. Just ask. For News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Market volatility. It seems like it's definitely with us these days. During times like this, it pays to know what your investment plan is. At Dupree Financial Group, we help retirement investors build dividend-producing portfolios from securities that pay dividends. If that's your plan as a retirement investor, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 or look at our website at DupreeFinancial.com and check us out on Facebook. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings from 8 to 9 right here on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 
I guess I never knew love could ever be true love. Life had Back on the Tom Dupree show. So, really gets down to earnings when you're looking at a uh, different company. And, and we follow some different companies. And we're just uh, doing some earnings reviews yesterday. And I thought it would make a pretty good uh, subject for the show today. And um, Philip's got some of the notes with him. I thought, well, let's, why don't we talk about, uh, there's only so many things you can talk about in an hour that come out of the Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg. And sometimes it's better to talk about what we do ourselves. So we thought we would look at a couple of companies that, that uh, we have in our uh, crosshairs and that we follow closely, one of which is AT&T. So, Philip, you've got some information on them and how they've been doing recently. Yeah. So, why, why so going over their, their fourth quarter, you know, the end of the year numbers, uh, AT&T – you know, one of their one of their growth areas has been Mexico, where they've actually seen uh, three million new subscribers in the country. Uh, you know, they've seen free cash flow in the company grow to seventeen point six billion. And by free cash flow, that is uh, your your cash flow that you get from operations minus whatever you spend on capital expenditures. Uh, that could be research and development, or you know. Any anything along that area, uh, building out cell towers, things of that nature. Um, you know, they they had four hundred thousand uh, postpaid, so that's the subscription model uh, smartphone net ad, uh, additions uh, with a churn rate. Uh, so this is this is going to be the crazy one with a churn rate of point eight nine percent, which is uh, a record. Is that uh, when you say churn rate? Is that customers leaving? Yes. Yeah, customers leaving, new customers coming in. You you're starting to see, uh, you because know, a, a couple years ago, AT and T rolled out that uh, I guess it's the next plan or whatever you want to call it, where you uh, they stopped subsidizing the phone, and they actually started um, you, you make make a monthly payment on it sort of like a vehicle almost where you end up buying the phone outright over a three-year time frame or however it may be uh but the problem is is when you when you go to switch from at&t to verizon well you want to if you want to keep your number you've got to buy that phone you've got to buy it outright which could be a, a 500 dollars outright switch fee which you know, it gets pretty costly to switch now. Um, you know, so they've they found a way, and Verizon does the same thing on their end. So both businesses, uh, the industry really has kind of found more uh, a way to make their business more sticky, uh, keep their customers. In so the does that that allows you to keep your old phone that you might have bought when you were with Verizon? Uh, I mean, yeah. If you own an iPhone, iPhones are. Uh, you know, you, you can com- compatible with just about the new ones are compatible with either or. Uh, How about the um, the? Um, I'm not sure on the Samsung. Samsung. I'm not a hundred percent sure there. 
what are some other things about AT&T that, that are going on? So they've, they've been adding, uh, you know, they, they bought DirecTV. They had 161,000 net ads in the video segment. Uh, they've rolled out DirecTV Now, uh, which is for the cord cutters, and that has really taken off for them. Um, That's kind of like Netflix for t- television, really. As, yeah, but live it's, it's, it's live TV. Yeah, you stream it over the internet. Um, you know, I, we both actually <laughs> use that. Um, you know, so the the big thing too is um, they gave 2018 guidance. Uh, you know, and the tax reform impacts that that will be uh, on guidance. Uh, so for 2018, they expect cash flow from operations to be three billion dollars higher. Uh, they expect to spend a billion dollars more in capex, and they expect the effective tax rate to go down to 23%. Uh, so the free cash flow expected for 2018 is 21 billion. Uh, this past year it was 17.6. That's a pretty good clip. Uh, the earnings per share is three dollars and fifty cents expected. And for these next are year. all publicly reported. Publicly reported. Yeah. Things from the company's mm-hmm. own you can go on their website and it's right there yeah. um they're you know at $3.50 their expected earnings for 2018 their guidance uh if you look at a, a price to earnings multiple based on that so where it trades now based on next year's expected earnings that gives you a 10.4 times price to earnings multiple and from a price to cash flow standpoint gives you a 5.3 three times price of cash flow. So at least by numerous comparisons out there in the marketplace, AT&T appears to be not not expensive. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is it is a more... Of course, this is not a... Uh, we don't make investment recommendations on the show. We're just simply comparing things to the way other things look. It is a more mature business. That's why they're looking at the Time Warner you know, acquisition, you know, to hopefully get some more growth. And so you would you would normally expect a lower multiple on a business like that. But you look at you know their multiple and the current yield. So right now, current yields about almost five point six percent on the dividend. On the dividend, as uh, trading at thirty six dollars and thirty five cents. Fifty two week high was forty two seventy. 52-week lows, 32.55. So you you take the whole picture into account. And like you said, it it looks relatively cheap when you're comparing it to other uh, industries, you know, other companies uh, like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you, you know, when you look at what the the implications for the the higher cash flow is, uh, they're, they're, you know, the balance sheet is, is going to, I mean, it, it already has a, a solid balance sheet, but it's going to continue to improve uh, all things remaining equal. Uh, you know, the the consistency and predictability around that dividend, uh, all things remaining equal, continue to improve because your earnings are going up that back that dividend, so your payout ratio is going down. The ability to potentially raise that dividend should improve. You know, it, there's there, yeah, there's a lot of things of uh, you know, of that nature that are positive signs if you're, you know, if you're looking at it as a investment in your portfolio. So that's, 
it gives you some idea as to how we do our research, um, you know, and we're constantly looking at different companies uh, in order to get some idea as to what's going on with these companies, where their earnings and their uh, revenues are coming from, how they're they're investing their money, that sort of thing. And um, we believe that a, a thoroughness like that is is useful and and helpful um in and and necessary when you're investing money for for people that you'd be thorough in your approach and it 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 illustrates why we focus on individual securities because we can look at numbers like this and make more of an educated uh, uh, decision versus <clears throat> looking at something like an index or an ETF where you're just looking more at averages in a sector and you're making more of a market bet. With this, we can look at the numbers and we can come to a conclusion, okay, does their dividend look like they're going to be able to cover that? W what's the prospects of that dividend going forward? And we can get our arms around it more. The whole market, for the most part, has embraced modern portfolio theory. Uh, the idea that you just want to be in sectors and, and that sort of thing. And even Warren Buffett, to some degree, um, likes the idea of indexes. He, he thinks that indexes will outperform most hedge funds. And he was actually right. He, he made a 10-year bet with somebody, and he beat it by a mile. Yeah. Uh, and And – what we're looking at, though, after going through '08 and '09, right? What we're looking at over the long haul, um, you know, the the market is is efficient, um, but when we're dealing with individuals that are, especially when distributions are coming out, it's not just what the average is over a ten year period. It's what what happens in the shorter run can make a huge difference. And that's where the dividend uh, hopefully will create a more uh, predictable cash flow when people are taking distributions versus just investing in the market. Yeah, you can invest in the market. And uh, I always tell about the uh, uh, situation where the guy had been taking money out and, and then you had 01 and 02 happened and he had to completely reset what he was doing. Anyway, it's about the end of our time. We're, we're going to post uh, the links on our Facebook page uh, to the, some articles that we were discussing today. Be okay, sure to check right. it out. So you've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. If you have any questions about what we do, call us at 859-233-0400. And uh, we appreciate you listening today. Hope you have a great weekend. And it's been the Tom Dupree Show with Philip Sexton and Mike Johnson. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.